If I said that I knew what the perfect gift was you could give your child for their next birthday, you'd want to know what it was, right? Well, let me tell you about this gift. It does cost a little, has a little investment to it, but it's more valuable than the latest gadget that they probably want. It's a gift that can improve their life now and in the future. This gift is unlike most gifts that you know of, and this gift is the blessing. You might ask, exactly what is the blessing? Well, you'll find out next Unlicensed Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered residential program for teens. Our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. Trace is also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions, which is available in paperback and on Kindle from Amazon. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. And so you won't need a residential facility down the road. And that's what we're doing today. You know, Trace, so often we hear people attribute their success in life to their childhood, mm-hmm. or in some cases, it's the opposite. They'll blame their childhood for their failure in life. Right. What do you think? Does one's childhood necessarily guarantee success or failure as an adult? Well, Michelle, I'd say that that one's childhood often sets the stage for the trajectory that Junior's life is likely to go in as an adult. But even good and godly parents aren't always the final determining factor as to whether a child will actually become a success or a failure as an adult. But boy, does it have a lot of influence. Uh, Hallelujah to the fact that there's Mm -hmm. a a much higher and better influence available to our kids. That Even us as their earthly parents, um, we bless our kids most, I think, uh, by God's grace, when when we model the love and acceptance that our Heavenly Father has toward mm. us and, and then direct our kids toward a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I mean, none of us are going to do this perfectly. Uh, we've got to remember that our Heavenly Father was the only perfect parent that ever existed, and look what his first two kids did. Uh, so w- we can't beat ourselves up too much for, for not being perfect parents. I mean, after all, there is this thing called free will, and without free will— to accept someone or reject someone, uh, genuine love really can't exist at all. Uh, But I'll shut up and let today's guest elaborate on what the blessing uh, that he has so wisely written about actually is and how we can pass it on to our posterity. Well, Trace, our guest today is John Trent, who is founder and president of Strong Families, and he claims to have the best job in the world. He writes, he speaks, and he trains others to create cultures of blessing in their homes, their workplaces, their ministries, and basically around the world. In fact, John's written over 30 books, and we're going to talk to him today about his award-winning book called The Blessing. Well, John, please forgive me for not having you on before today. I don't know how that happened, but it's uh, been long overdue. Welcome to Licensed to Parent. <laughs> well, hey, you've, you've had so many great guests and just, just what you get to share. And uh, just the fact that I get to jump in today is a tremendous honor. And, of course, you and I, Trace, got to hang out in Atlanta with a bunch of people that um, are you know committed to making a, an impact on the family and really the best job on the planet. I, I don't know how I left out that <laughs> you know, I've got 
you know, wonderful wife and two uh, wonderful daughters, and we're just totally imperfect and messed up like everybody else. And our story <laughs> of blessing is as well. Um, but but man, what a what an honor to get to do what we all do. I, Trace, I had a seminary professor, a guy named Howard Hendricks, that was just a, the reason I really went into family ministry when I uh, a long time ago. Just a great guy. Um, but you know, he always said the greatest tool for evangelism you have is a home with this distinctively Christian home. Hmm. And and sure. uh, and he said the same thing. Chuck Colson, who is a buddy of mine, said, which was, man, if you have one person in your life that's crazy about you, <laughs> you just mm-hmm. need, you know, the Lord to put that one person in your life uh, with even one man. It can, you're right; it can change the director of your life as they point him to- towards the Lord. So we'll get to talk about that today. No. That's great, no that. doubt. But the honor is all ours. Believe me, and. Uh, it's been over 30 years, I think, uh, since the, the first publication of your book, The Blessing. <laughs> and a lot has changed in America. I mean, a lot of, you know, the, the perspective on, on life and our worldview as a, as a, you know, as a corporate whole, uh, citizenry, has, has changed tremendously. Has there been any adjustments or revisions to the book since it was first published? Well, it's actually... Uh you know, I'm so old, uh, but it's actually been out for 40 years, and um, it's wow, uh, okay. it, it's it's now in its uh, fifth revision. And actually, this last one, I wish we had Carrie on uh, with us as well. We'll have to do that down the road because uh, yeah, let's do her story. You know, I grew up, you know, total mess, single parent uh, home. My mom and dad divorced when I was two months old. I never met my dad till I was. Um, just before college, he was an angry alcoholic. I used to hate him. I didn't know Christ. Then I became a Christian, and I just intensely disliked him. Do, do you know what I mean? Mm. You know, where you just oh, wallpaper over that thin veneer of, of uh, mm-hmm. uh, Christianese. And then I began to realize that I actually had a really great guy sit down with me and say, man, if you don't forgive your dad, you're going to... Um, you know, the the word luo, I was a Greek major at Dow Seminary because I got some bad advice and uh, majored in Greek, but the uh, <laughs> but the the literal word for forgiveness in Greek is luo, and it means to untie the knot. So I grew up all tied up in knots and angry, and, and this one guy, this one Christian ex-Chico State offensive tackle, big six-foot-four uh, guy, was our Young Life leader. Have you all ever heard of Young Life? Um, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like Shepherd's Hill in the standpoint that you're you're sharing with kids. Now I was you know kicked out of grade school. I was a total mess. I have a really smart twin brother who took one look at me and he did all the good things, <laughs> and I mm. went the other direction. Um, Still but, teaching. <laughs> yeah, but I'll never forget. You know, Doug Barum. Uh, he would invite a bunch of uh, the senior football guys over to his house for dinner, and it was the first time. I'd ever been in a home with a distinctively Christian uh, home, you know what I mean, where you're sitting around the mm-hmm. table, and he had two young sons, and I would watch the way he treated. My mom never remarried. God bless her, wonderful, awesome mom, but we, did, we didn't know the Lord. None of us did, and she was a rheumatoid arthritic and was sick and gone a bunch, and we were basically raising ourselves, and um, so I'd never seen a dad, you know, treat his, or a wife, though, you know, in such a... 
positive way or hug his kids. And we're at the table and, you know, we had to pray for the food. That was the first time I'd ever prayed in my life in a group. I had prayed, but it was like, God, if you get me out of this one, you know, kind of a deal. And, (laughs) um, but he goes, okay, boys. So picture there's like five of us, uh, football guys. And he, um, he says, okay, I got to put the boys to bed. Come with me down the hall. And he picks up Andy and he picks up Mike, you know, which is, you know, like a five and a six-year-old, walks down the whole hall with him in his arms and he sits, mm-hmm. sets Mike down first. We always start with Andy. Andy's the oldest. And then he'd stand at the edge of the door and he'd, he'd, uh, uh, and he prayed a blessing over him patted his little back and prayed that the Lord would bless him and keep him as he slept and everything else. And then he goes, you ready? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, all right, Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed we go, you know? And he throws him <laughs> up in the air. And I didn't know the biblical humor then, but, um, you know, he throws him in the, and he hits the bed, Andy does. And I think he bounced off and hit the wall. But what does a five-year-old do when somebody hugs him? And, and oh, you know, they r- runs back and, you know, we had to throw him and then we had to put Andy to bed. And then finally Loretta, his wife, comes down and goes, get out of here. You're waking these kids up. You know, you're keeping them up. And uh, I'm telling I used to go every Sunday, every Sunday, I would trick the Barums into letting me come to dinner with them. I'd bring my mower over to their house and I'd mow their yard. And he goes, what are you doing? I go, oh, just mowing yards. You know, I thought I'd mow yours. <laughs> and he would never, you know, well, you, do you need some money? Because we needed money. And, I go, and he goes, no. I, I go, no, you know, just, uh, no. That's right. He goes, well, you want to come into dinner? And so I would trick him into, and I got to walk into a home full of the blessings. So before I even wow. know scripture, and I'll shut up, but um, that's really where um, I saw the blessing first was lived out in a, in a home full of love and acceptance. So, John, I want to just break in right here and ask you, what was that like when you first heard that blessing over those little boys, when you were sitting there watching that? What did it do to you? Michelle, I, I can't even... You know, um, C.S. Lewis, in a wonderful little book he wrote called The Weight of Glory, um, and what the weight of glory is for Lewis, he goes, it's not that we love God, it's that God loves us, and uh, that's what's so amazing. And he goes, the door on which we have been knocking all our life mm-hmm. can be opened, and we are welcomed in. And I had that longing. I mean, I knew the things that I was doing. I was becoming my dad, and I didn't even know him, you know. And yeah. and and all of a sudden, man, I see and I hear words of blessing. And this is the kind of thing you do where you're at, you know, is is shepherds all the time with people. You're having kids come right. in, and they've heard the curse. Um, now, the word blessing in Hebrew means to add weight, to add value, like adding a coin to a scale. It means to bow the knee because attitudinally they're so valuable. But most of them have come in, and they're, I mean, I used to be the exception. Now, you know, uh, there's so many broken kids, you know. But a lot of us get the curse, and the curse literally means in Hebrew, do you know what it means? It literally means to dam up 
this dream. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, all this, instead of life-giving water going down, they've had subtraction. Uh, so when I heard that, man, it was like parched ground. It really was, you know, just hearing words of blessing. And, and that's what made me want to say, okay, I'm going gonna, gonna to be around this family. Sure. You know, I, I, I love that story because I had a similar one. I was a 21-year-old uh, policeman, and, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a dysfunctional, abusive home. Two of them, actually. My father and mother were divorced. Uh, but I had a sergeant that invited me over for lunch, and it, it wasn't that there was a ton of words spoken, but just the way they conducted their affairs over lunch uh, it was it, it was it opened up a whole new world for me. I mean, they prayed over lunch as well, uh, but it was like, where did this all come from? I mean, there's something <laughs> I know. there's yeah. something here I just like. You know, it's, it, it, it was a warm, fuzzy that um, it, it's it's it, well, you 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 probably know you you experienced it, and uh, I, I I sensed that we called him Doc. He was a Sergeant Doctor. Um, I, I just sensed that he had been giving his his, uh, his family the blessing, whether he ever, ever, ever really realized it or not. I don't think your book was out in 78, was it? 79? Uh, no, but 81. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Right around the but, corner. You know what? That That's so true. Um, I, I've got a buddy that's a UCLA neuroscientist, and guess what they you know, talk about now. Now, this is, you know, he's a super strong Christian, but his, you know, he's just working in basically a lot with brain injury and stuff. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, but in, in secular terms, what they say is love moves at the speed of joy. Oh, now, wow. think about like that. that. Think about that. When you walked in that home, they didn't have to even say anything. They just right. looked at him. You know, remember in the presence of the Lord, it literally in Hebrew, and in your face is literally in Hebrew, it says, so in your face, Psalm 16, is the fullness of joy. Well, when kids show up there um, with with you guys, somebody's looking at them different. I, I, right. I mean, Doug Barham would look at me, and I, I mean, I never realized the night that he, that I gave my life, he finally tricked a whole bunch of us. This is, uh, you know, at the end of my senior year, uh, to go to a Billy Graham movie and they did an invitation, you know, mm-hmm. but at the end, this guy gets up and he goes, do you want to change the pictures of your life story? And Trace, when I looked down the row, so there were six of us. Now, five out of the six of us would walk down the aisle that night and give our lives to the Lord. But every one of us, and I know for me, I looked down when, when he said that, I looked down and looked at, at Doug, and Doug is looking at me, and I'm telling you, it was like the eyes of Jesus. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. never realize Jesus was, well, at the time, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, it's a six foot four Jesus. He, he, <laughs> so that's a powerful thing, I think, just, mm-hmm. you know, bright eyes makes the heart glad, but from from you don't have to say tons of words or it doesn't have to be a formula but i think every kid in every home deserves to have at least one person that's crazy about him uh that can bless them and deserves to know that jesus is crazy about him as well mm-hmm. well guys i hate to do this but we need to take a break Licensed to Parent is the outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long residential program for teens in crisis. And we'll be back and we'll continue to talk about The Blessing with John Trent. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. 
They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicensedToParent.org slash wisephone. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. When Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to his word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent. Our host is Trace Embry, and I'm Michelle Hill. And our guest today is John Trent, who is the author of the book, The Blessing. And John, just before the break, we were talking about just how you watch the blessing play out in your own life. Well, can you help us just really quantify and describe what the blessing is? No, absolutely. Just kind of in a nutshell, um, you know, what the blessing was, was an opportunity for a parent or somebody that's really significant in our life to use their words, their touch, and their eyes. We call that, you know, attaching high value to someone so that they really begin to picture that Almighty God really does love them. He's placed strengths in their life and that uh, we're committed to them in that whole process. There's really, you know, we talk about five elements of the blessing, but it's not a formula. Who are the people that didn't get it? Well, remember Esau? Remember Esau in the Bible? He misses the blessing from his dad and he cries out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and says, bless me, even me also, Mm. oh my father. And then there's Jacob that gets it. Well, what did he get? He got it. You know, his dad hugged him. That he used his words to attach high value and and picture a special future for him, and to say, "Hey, I'm committed to you." So now I'm telling you, Trace, that's exactly what happens at Shepherd's Hill when those kids uh, show up, young adults, and uh, boy, you're you're point, you're doing. I mean, all of that. You know how you look at them, Absolutely. the future you paint for them. Uh, all of that takes place yeah. right there. 
No, you're absolutely right. And uh, the kids will articulate this uh, at, at graduation. It's, it's not like uh, you have to prompt them toward anything. They get We have a solid year with them, so uh, they, they do understand it. Uh, let me uh, ask you this. Let's say you've done your best to tell your child that he's loved and accepted. You've modeled it. Um, he's loved by you. He's loved by the Lord. You, you've lived it out, modeled it. You've hugged on him. You've kissed him. You, you brought him up in the ways of the Lord, and you've also disciplined him as God has ordained. Uh, free will notwithstanding, how is it possible then to still have a child at some point before leaving home and just turns his back on the blessing that you've given him to pursue a life of sinful pleasure? Well, I mean, remember I, I said earlier, I wish we had Carrie on with us, whose name's now on the fifth edition of the Blessing Book. But Carrie's our older daughter. Uh, we have two great, awesome kids. Uh, and But uh, let me tell you, Carrie, uh, you know, we'd, we'd wake her up with, you know, the blessing, and we would uh, pray over her and all of those kinds of things, just like you're describing, you know. And um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, she just, you know, decided, well, that's all great and and wonderful but you know what i'm just not really buying this god thing or you guys and so in college she ended up in this relationship and i'm telling you we lost her so picture for mm-hmm. 5 years um you know remember the prodigal went away you know he wasn't now that was actually kind of beneficial because you know when we found out more later it, you know it, we didn't it was a, a little bit merciful but it was an abusive horrible uh and, and, and we'll have to get her on, and you can listen to her story. Yeah. Sure, but here's absolutely. the amazing thing. You know, you never give up on, on these kids. And um, she talks about, and, and I'll be honest, I didn't even remember it until she had told me, but I tricked her into meeting me one time when I was in California, and she was in California in the L.A. area, and I said, hey, I'll meet you, just tell me anywhere, and I'll buy you a new set of tires, because I figured, you know, she needed, and so she met with me, so I bribed her into meeting with me and gave her a set of tires, um, and as we were sitting there talking, I'd written out 10 things in her life that I believed were really true about who she was, you know, in Christ, and what we saw in her, these 10 things. And I put a little line on the bottom, because she still has the paper. And, and I, I said, you know, and so I, you know, I just want you to sign this. And so she put it away. She goes, well, you know, okay, fine. And she wasn't even uh, going to keep it. But what she talks about, she would, when things got really abusive and horrible, she'd go in the bathroom and she'd read that list. Mm. And that's what the blessing does. When we realize that oh, God man. loves us, the night I came to know Jesus as this messed up, broken kid, now, remember, you know, you're looking at Doc, I'm looking at, you know, the the sergeant, I'm looking at, you know, Doug Barum. And when I, that night when I trusted Christ, he gave me a Bible, first Bible I ever had with a verse, Hebrews 13, 5. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Mm-hmm. And he goes, go home and read it a hundred times. And I thought he was serious. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm doing like I'd read it. With the tallies, one, read it, two, three. I get to about 60, and I'm weeping. Well, for whatever reason, Carrie, you know, God broke through. That's why I'm saying you keep blessing these kids. It's like the prodigal. Your eyes are there praying for them. Maybe, Lord, might they come back? And then when she came back, it was, you know... 
uh, it wasn't easy, and he had to rebuild all the trust. So we're not talking about a formula, but I uh, again, I just think in so many ways uh, we get the opportunity um, to say to a kid, God is not done with you just because you've been through a season of hurt, and uh, He's not going to leave you nor forsake you. you no, know, we're we're all a work in progress for crying out loud. Yeah, when you yeah. think about it, uh, but I, I don't think parents can underestimate the power of today's American culture. Yeah. And today's American culture is on the smartphones uh, of every kid, which, which that's a whole other topic. We, we talk about that a lot here. Uh, I mentioned that our nation uh, has changed drastically in the past 30 years. Uh, to put it in perspective how our culture has so declined in, uh, in recent decades, w- when your book, The Blessing, was, was first published, Super Bowl halftime shows consisted of marching bands, Disney themes, and, you know, and other family entertainment. Today, during halftime, or this past one, actually, entire families are entertained by acts like Snoop Dogg, Eminem, and Nicki Minaj, uh, where, for those who could actually understand the lyrics, reported 13 F-words, 4 MF-words, 16 N-words, 26 B-words. By the way, Snoop Dogg recently collaborated on a song that urged blacks uh, using the N-word to actually shoot policemen. Has the mainstreaming of what used to be understood as porn, idolatry, violence, the occult, and just plain evil, has that given our kids such an appetite for it all? Because uh, it is the path of least resistance and appeals to our sin nature. That many of these kids have actually become numb to any kind of blessing, as you and I understand it. In other words, could kids be using vile entertainment to anesthetize themselves from the void they feel from not receiving the blessing? Oh, no, absolutely. You know, my wife is a um, second grade teacher. You know, remember I mentioned I grew up and you and I both, you know, grew up in in, uh, broken uh, homes. Um, I was the old, this is how old I am. This is terrible, but bottom line is my grade school, big uh, secular grade school, we were the only kids in our grade school from a single parent Mm. home by divorce. There was one other girl whose dad had died in a wreck. So Cindy, my wife, this year, she had, uh, she has 22 kids, 18 out of the 22 are either from a single parent or, or blended families and brokenness is epidemic and it can be, you know, kind of that numbing agent, but you know, Deuteronomy 23, five is a great, uh, passage. You know, it says, you know, the Lord was not willing that Balaam, who is this guy hired to curse God's people, you know, the Lord is not willing that the curse subtraction rest upon you, but the Lord, your God turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord, your God loves you. So I think we were just as messed up trace in a lot of ways. Uh, sin was waiting at the door, just like he was, as you know, like you mentioned with the first two, uh, you know, people the Lord created, but today it's on steroids, you know, it, it is, but, 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 I believe, you know, we can still impact people's lives, and you see it all the time with the kids you you impact, and we get to, uh, you know, talk to families and encourage them. So it's not a formula, it's not perfect, but God's love is the only thing, I think, that's really strong enough to reverse the curse. Amen. Well, guys, we are about out of time, but John, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, sir. Hey, it's been an honor, and look forward to maybe coming back and bringing Carrie with me. Yes, absolutely. Let's do it sooner than later. All right. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been John Trent. 
He wrote the book, The Blessing, and that is what we've been talking about today on Licensed to Parent. To find out more about John and the work he's doing at Strong Families, go to strongfamilies.com. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. To listen to our other episodes, go to licensedtoparent.org. I want to take a moment to remind you that this program is an extension of Shepherds Hill Academy, our year-long Christ-centered wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. You can learn more about this incredible ministry to teens and their families at our website. Again, that's licensedtoparent.org. You know, God continues to grow our student body at Shepherds Hill, and that's exciting. So with the growth, that means that we need to expand our campus. Phase one is to build a new dining room that will help us in serving our students and staff better. Won't you consider partnering with us in this process? You can give a gift of any amount by giving online. Just click the donate button on the top of the page when you visit licensedtoparent.org. Your gift is tax deductible. And when you give a gift to Shepherds Hill, you are bringing hope and healing to families in crisis. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless. See you next time.